Hi, this is Karen Kelly, and you're listening to An Appetite for Life. There's a great mix on this show with various topics, amazing guests, and the occasional celebrity guest. I'd like to welcome Emma Forrester back to the show. She's a travel counsellor and she was on our show not too long ago. So welcome again, Emma. Thank you very much. It's lovely to be back, Karen. Oh, it's so great to see you again. I think it was March, wasn't it, of this year? So just remind our listeners on the service you provide and what you do and your area of expertise. Yeah, so um, I'm a travel counsellor. I own my own travel franchise um, under the umbrella of travel counsellors, which are a big travel organisation. And I basically help people to plan their perfect trip, whether that is for leisure, to visit family, whatever, anything travel. But I basically listen to people's requirements and I can look for the, um, the best option for them, whatever that may be, whether that's about price, it's about experience, and I can look through all the suppliers that are out there or a number of them that I have access to to try and find exactly the right trip for my customers. Brilliant and I never forget because you started your business in uh, February wasn't it of 2020 it was in travel and then lo and behold the pandemic hit us in March so of course we spoke about that so how are things now how are things how is business? So business is really good. Um, People are getting excited about travel again. I think it's changed. So, you know, people are still really enjoying the UK. And I think a lot more people have realised that there's a lot to explore in the UK. So UK holidays are still popular, um, as has cruising around the UK become quite popular as well. What do you mean Um, cruising around the UK? What are they doing? So it's um, called a seacation. Basically, cruise ships are going out from, some have been from Liverpool, uh, but most from places like Southampton or maybe Dover, that are just going either right the way around the UK or just taking an element of the UK coastline. I didn't know that. I fancy that myself. It's not something I've actually ever thought about doing or looked into doing. But that must be brilliant because you can I could take it and get off at each port. Yeah, so I was lucky enough, actually, to be invited by one of our suppliers to go quite recently. Wow, what so, was that like? It was amazing. And I went from Southampton, came back up to Liverpool, had the day in Liverpool, then went across to Belfast for a day. And I hadn't visited Belfast for a few years. So that was really lovely to see. Um, and then back to Southampton again. So it was five nights on a ship. Wow. That's really good, isn't it? So what's, what kind of cot is involved in that then? If anyone's thinking, oh, I fancy that, like me. Do you know, <laughs> it, it does really vary. I yeah. would say in the school holidays, um, they were they were looking at about £500 upwards, depending on the type of ship and depending on exactly what package you, you look at, but about £500 upwards per person. And there were a lot of seven-night cruises over the summer holidays that were very family-orientated. But if you go off season, I went in October, so slightly cooler, not really able to lie out on deck. No, I can imagine it be, uh, yes, freezing. <laughs> There's some real offers to be had there. Oh, and so is seven days going all around the island then? Yes, you could do that. Yeah, the UK in seven days. I'm yeah. definitely going to look into that. Wow, that's really mm. interesting. So yeah. let's talk about travel then and how things have changed because you're my go-to. You're my go-to travel counsellor. <laughs> so let's talk about um, countries that 
we're on the red list or no longer on the red list because at the moment there's nothing on the red list is there can you update us no no that's right so the the um the government has taken that one away they haven't taken away the traffic light system but there are no countries on the red list currently what that does is it gives them the opportunity should there be a major surge in cases or some real risks they could put countries back on right okay. but currently no there is no red amber green no red amber green okay so what you were you were saying there that we still have the traffic light um so they've got it in place that they can put countries into but currently um the uk are allowing um people in from any country now um if you are vaccinated there's some complexities around that with without quarantine so you hotel quarantine at the moment um has gone Wow, brilliant. So that's going to be great for people, isn't it? Especially looking for Christmas, you know, Christmas trips, visiting family everywhere. They're going to be uh, relieved at that. I know things are on the news all the time, but sometimes we we tend to zone out, don't we? We get so Mm -hmm. sick of hearing about it. that It's nice actually to have a one on one and get some updates for our listeners. So are there any countries maybe that you'd be maybe more cautious about going that you'd maybe wouldn't recommend or maybe just recently come off the red list that, you know, so so what we've talked about there is countries that the UK are are confident in but there are other countries that aren't yet open to people from the UK or aren't yet open for tourism yeah so Australia New Zealand still aren't open to tourists so that's their decision and they are they are allowing people in and out but that's their own nationals currently I'd say that there's a number of countries then that are starting to allow um, tourists in, but their rules are quite complex. And the one thing I would be looking at is what the rates of infection are like in certain countries to make sure that you may be allowed in because some countries are desperate to get tourism up and running again. But am am I putting my customers at risk by sending them there? And so are they fully informed of the facts of where that country is with its vaccination program that sort of thing yeah and they can make their own decisions can't they yeah so countries like Indonesia you know still have got a way to go you can go there but that's an informed choice if you if you want to go there at the moment right okay so let's talk about vaccinations and travel because I know obviously now there is a a travel passport vaccination passport isn't there but again it's something else that people might have zoned out of they're not listened fully and again it's great to get that one-on-one isn't it so where do we stand with it what's the latest on vaccinations if you're vaccinated do we need to have the uh, PCR test and things just update us on all of that okay so the, the key is to, if you want to travel, to download your NHS app. And people are confused because there were two NHS apps right. a while ago. There was the NHS COVID app, which yeah. some people got quite scared of because that was the track and trace one, the one yes, that people made one. you isolate. <laughs> it's not that one. It's okay. a genuine, a general NHS app, which actually right. I'm finding is quite useful for other things, not travel related as well. Yeah. Um, But that app enables you to get a COVID pass, either for venues in the UK, like concerts and things like that, if they they require them, or you can click on the travel button and it gives you your travel COVID pass. What that has, if you're fully vaccinated, is it shows your first vaccination date and your second, both with QR codes. And you can either download that 
and save that somewhere or print it off. And I would actually, even though I don't like to, to create lots of paper at the moment, I would advise people traveling to print it off right. only because the app doesn't always open and work okay. just at the critical moment you need it. And that is the most important thing for travel at the moment is that people, wherever you are, can zap that QR code. So you have to have that travel you do. vaccination passport kind of thing before you yeah, get in I have a few customers who don't have smartphones. So the other thing that you can do is if you Google um, COVID pass NHS, you can actually request to have that sent to you and you can have a full certificate sent to you. So for those who don't, who aren't sort of smart enabled and app enabled, that's yeah. another way of getting it. But you do need that to prove that you're fully vaccinated for travel. Right. And okay. most airlines will, in fact, I can't think of any airline that wouldn't ask you for that now. And is that um, as you're going through customs or is that before you even bought your holiday? Um, <clears throat> no, that's when you're going through um, uh, check-in and at, at the gate. But they when will you ask do... you for that at, at some yeah. point. Yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? But when you do book your holiday, do you have to enter your vaccination details? No, you don't. No. You just right. have to say that you have it. And there are, if you don't have it, the rules are different. And that it would take us hours to go through that today yeah, because yeah. every country is different about their rules for unvaccinated. In, in fact, they're, they're different full stop, but they're different if you're not vaccinated. So right. to give yeah. you an example of that, the US that everyone's talking about because it opened yesterday. Yeah. If you're not vaccinated, you need to have a test within the 24 hours before you fly. Whereas if you are vaccinated, you can have it within the three days before you fly. So even though you're so, vaccinated, you still got to do a test, a COVID test. For some countries. Not for every country. Right? I know, yeah, I know country. we have. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. really, yeah. Yeah, okay then. So, because that's what I was going to move into now, talking about basically the, the, the PCR test and the test. Yeah. So, it's down to the individual to look at their country and see the procedures for testing, but generally say for European holidays and, and winter destinations, maybe the Canaries and, and places like that. If you're not vaccinated, talk us through the latest procedures for the COVID testing. You know, where do they have it? How many days before, say for the Canaries in Spain, mm -hmm. people have got yeah. holiday homes, haven't they? They're going yes. back to, you know, yeah. Christmas time. So where would they get them? Do they need them going out and coming back? And how many days? Because it does sound complicated, but it better isn't yeah. really, is it? Or is no, it? <laughs> so, so if you're not vaccinated, I it really does depend on the country so I all and it changes so right. I would say look up what's called the FCDO which is the Foreign Commonwealth and Development Office the Foreign Office as many of us know it and that has guidance for every country and talks you through exactly what you need to do um, and it depends whether you're an adult unvaccinated or a child who isn't fully vaccinated as well. So there's different rules. Um, but Manchester Airport is a great resource to us. That has a brilliant, some brilliant testing centres. If you do need a PCR test, there's a great, a couple of drive-throughs there from different com uh, companies that you can go and get a test before you fly. If it's um, an antigen test or a lateral flow test, you still can't use the normal NHS tests that many of us have at home now. Um, right. It has to have a certificate at the end of it. But some of those can be home administered and you take a photo and upload it. 
But for example, the US is very specific about the test you have to have and it, and, and it has to be video evidenced or in person. So that's why it's difficult for me to go through it because, yeah. and I advise all my customers separately, you know, according to whether they're vaccinated, not children, not, and where they're going. Right. Okay. Yeah. Already my brain is going, oh my it's, goodness, yeah. just before you've even set foot on the plane. So is this approximately three days before you're due to depart? Yes, roughly. Yeah. 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 And this is going to be inbound as well when you're coming home. No. So the one thing that has dropped is the test before you come home. And that's to that the UK, obviously, for, just the UK. The UK. Yeah. And that is for children under 18 and vaccinated adults. Right, if you're okay. unvaccinated, you still need to follow the previous procedure that we had over the summer, which is you need to find a test in resort and have a test um three days before you return uh, within the three days before you return to the UK so I wasn't sure if when people go to book their holiday I wasn't sure if maybe now travel companies are including the cost of these say PCR tests and, no. tests, and then giving you the kit you think no. they'd be doing that then you know you've got the right one to do so basically yes. it's down to you to go to a, um, a, a pop-up center and then pay for the test yourself yeah. Yes, right, there okay. are certain resorts, um, hotel groups that will have testing centres in their hotel. Yeah, um, that's less so now because that was when everybody needed one. Yeah, now yeah. the hope is that people would be vaccinated. Exactly. Yeah. And how so, much are these tests? I've had a PCR test. It was free. Are they still free, or do you have to pay no, for them? PCR you tests are about um, sixty to hundred pounds per person. Test. Yeah. Wow, so that's really going to bump up the cost of your yeah. holiday, isn't it? Okay, and that's then. why the government have now, if you like, downgraded the test requirement to come back to the UK for vaccinated people. So yeah, that is good it's, news. So, so it's so. gone down from, say, £60 with a discount code to, um, I think I got a test when I last came back for £17. Yeah. Um, and because on day two after you return, you still need to take a test, but you can take a lateral flow test now. And they are between, I would say, 17 and 25 pounds per person. Right. OK. And everybody needs one of those when they come back. So so where you can, unless you've got any health issues, you just need to get vaccinated, don't you? It's going to make you really your life so do. much easier if you want to travel. So, yeah, it's. um. You still have to quarantine or not quarantine, but to self-isolate for 10 days in a named location if you're not vaccinated and you still need a test on day two and day eight. What, so when you come back into the when UK? When you come back into the UK if you're not vaccinated. Right. So even though they've got rid of the testing to return back into the UK, you still yes. got to quarantine and do day two test. If you're not if you're not vaccinated gosh right there's a lot mm. to take in isn't there a lot so, to take in. i think i think for travel there is no doubt if you're not vaccinated it's complicated it's complicated and, and yeah. it's expensive yeah definitely definitely we're just going to take a short break now and we'll be back in a few minutes time let me introduce our sponsor everything genetic limited specialists in preventative healthcare testing helping people to identify to see if they are at risk of developing common hereditary cancers and heart conditions. 
Based in Nantwich, Cheshire, they partner with some of the UK's market-leading laboratories, supplying revolutionary genetic tests to healthcare providers and patients for the detection, diagnosis and treatment planning of cancer, heart disease and other illnesses. One of their main aims is to democratise genetic testing, meaning everyone can take control of their own well-being and healthcare to detect any problems at an early stage when they are most treatable. They also offer a COVID testing service which is on the government list, initially launched to support clinical partners who were unable to get patients in during the pandemic. This service enables patients to come back into clinics to resume all important cancer testing and is available through over 200 partner companies. They offer a comprehensive range of coronavirus COVID-19 test kits and services for individuals, healthcare providers and employers. For more information, visit their website, everythinggeneticlimited.co.uk. Welcome back to the show where we're talking to travel counsellor Emma Forrester. Okay then, so let's move on to airlines. Mm. Um, I'm always interested in this being Mm. being previous cabin crew, but um, are there any new restrictions in place? Uh, Obviously, I think passengers need to wear their uh, mask, do they now, all the way, there and back. So it's not going to be as enjoyable, is it? No, and uh, interestingly, um, the rules, they do vary by airline. Right. The the general rule tends to be that any child over the age of six now needs to have a mask. Wow, that's young, isn't it, for a young child when they're, you know, to, to relax with a mask on. It's awful. Yeah. So my son had sneakily put his in his pocket as we were going through in Tenerife over half term and got told quite clearly by the customs official, by the border official that he had to put his mask on. Um, And the other thing to note is I would recommend buying the disposable masks, which I don't really like to advocate, but um, there are a number of places and also airlines that don't um, approve fabric masks for use ah right okay so a number of people again at Tenerife airport were being told they needed medical masks to right, okay. and they won't provide them will be for their passengers no. but to obviously get them yourself so what I do remember um when I worked on the airline you do get quite dirty my skin used to be filthy by the end of the day so you'd want a disposable mask anyway and change them frequently I would have thought yeah, yeah. So do you, I haven't traveled for such a long time I think I said to you last time I'm not going to get foot on a plane for years I've been scarred and I haven't even been to the airport been anywhere since March 2020 so do you have to wear masks in the airport Airports as well. Um, you don't have to wear masks throughout the airport, right? But I would say if you haven't been in busy environments for a while, the airport can come as quite a shock, particularly at peak times. Yeah, and I think that's down to the individual. A lot of people were wearing masks just because of the proximity to other people. Yeah, um, and the, you, you, yeah. you don't have to until you get to gate. Just going back to the aircraft as well, uh, to the airlines, all cabin crew are wearing masks, aren't they now? Yes. Yeah. And what about services? Are all the services running as normal, the meals and the duty-free and everything else? Yeah, yeah, all is normal. But the key thing is that the airlines are responsible for checking that all the bureaucracy, all the paperwork 
is accurate and they get fined if a customer slips through and they get to say border control and haven't got everything in place so the airlines are becoming really strict now so for example i've always um, checked my customers in for flights it's just a service that i offer it's something less that people have to think about right. it's more complex to do that now because you've got to have things like your passenger locator form reference number gracious bef- bef- to add in to- before you can check in um so there's there's a bit of paperwork you know to come into the uk and to go to other countries so and but the airlines are not allowing you to check in without all of that because they're responsible for making sure it's all there. Right. So there can be a little bit more of a queue at gates and at check-in. And some people are checking in to come back to the UK at the airport rather than online, just because it's easier to do that um, if they can't upload all their documents onto, right. their, onto their smartphones or whatever. So things are a little bit different. I was I was going to ask actually if you know like years ago you'd get there maybe two hours before so how much time would you give yourself if you had a flight say at two o'clock in the afternoon when should we be arriving at the airport to make sure everything's sorted we checked in we've got some time to shop if the shops are still running and um, all the paperwork's checked I from my own experience I would actually recommend three hours at the moment if you want to start your holiday in a relaxed fashion right um we didn't and jet <laughs> jet 2 was I'm sorry not jet 2 easyjet was chaotic and some of this isn't about what you go through but actually staff members are sick at the moment so sometimes they don't quite have the number of staff that they should have at the airport so there's yeah, lots of complexities yeah but there were people who didn't have everything that they needed um and so they were holding up the queues because they hadn't uploaded all the various documents they needed. So it only takes one person to do that and the whole queue back. It's a knock-on effect, isn't it? Right. Yeah. It's about three hours. That's about mm. it's probably what it's always been me. I know it was two hours years ago. Yeah. Um, when things were completely different. But yeah, I think three hours is probably about about right, isn't it? Mm. We briefly talked on Australia, didn't we, and New Zealand earlier. Mm. What was the changes as of the first of November then with Australia? So that is the flights have started going in and out but they are for um australian citizens so only right yes so tourism at the moment isn't open um but also the price of flights is still very very high and you know i haven't i haven't even looked because going back a few months ago you know if people needed to go over for an emergency it was really complicated because they've capped the number of seats effectively that can come into the country on a daily basis. Right. So you could only fly business class or above. Great. Well, so, I see, that's what I did, but that was only because mm, that was the only seat available and it was six and a half thousand pounds one yeah, way. And my my sister paid four and a half economy one way. It's terrible, isn't it, really? Yeah. But I know yeah. I know things are different now. Yeah. Okay, okay. So this is the really bit, this is the part I'm really excited about. <laughs> Uh, for all our listeners, Christmas destinations, because this time last year, it wasn't really happening the same, was it? So no. let's let's talk about some places that are open that uh, people want to travel to, cost and uh, stuff like that. Let's yeah. uh, far away. So the place that has been really, really popular throughout the autumn, half term and now going into the winter is the Canaries. And yeah. that's because guaranteed sun. Weather, it, yeah. 
it's open, um, open all year round. Um, what I would say is anywhere that you're thinking of going, um, Christmas is more reasonably priced than New Year because people tend to stay at home with family for Christmas and then maybe go away for New Year. The prices I've looked at recently have been double for New Year what they are at Christmas. So oh, that's really? a top tip. Maybe wow. think about going away at Christmas, not New Year. Wow. Um, okay. But you can get deals in Tenerife for a family of four for um, at two and a half thousand at the moment for, for Tenerife. If you look at New Year, I would say that starts at about five thousand. Wow. Because I think last time we spoke, prices were almost double that, I think, yeah. for a family of four. Weren't they? Yeah. So have, do they have come down? They have come down, but it depends when. So October half term was expensive because lots of people wanted to travel who hadn't traveled over the summer. Yeah. Um, so so prices are travel isn't normal at the moment. No. And there's some real fluctuations in pricing. But there is some um, good deals out there. But, but if you want guaranteed sun, that's the Canaries, and then that's got a slight premium. To the price but there's some beautiful options in the canaries at the moment there's some lovely new hotels opening and yeah it's it's doable over christmas still and again would you recommend booking flights and accommodation separately or package holidays what's the best what's the safest I, way i would book a package right and um i'm currently booking a lot of um, particularly for this area, Jet 2 holidays. And I, I book Jet 2 holidays, you know, for, for my customers. And I'm doing that rather than other suppliers, purely because their track record over the pandemic has been very, very good in terms of refunds and and that, and how they've, they've treated their customers. So, yeah, um, and I think because they've got the flights, their prices are, are hard to beat as well. Yeah, definitely. Oh, that's jet2.com. Brilliant. I do know a few people that work for Jet2. I I'm a real fan of, of theirs at the moment because they're, they're doing a very good job. Yeah, brilliant. And also, what about trips to see Santa Claus and Lapland? Are they still running? Yes, they are. But you need to book for next year, I'm afraid. Really all booked they up. Are, and they used so, to be really expensive anyway. They are really expensive. Um, and particularly because th what's happened this year is people from last year have just moved their holidays. So oh, yeah. but it was almost full before it started um, for this year. So there are a couple of spaces left, but they tend to be midweek where people don't, want to take the children out of school maybe oh. for the whole time so there are a couple of gaps but really not very much left for this year and but what we're, we're open you... for next year and have been for about gosh six months or if not more wow for, for yeah so they're going now. to be taking for 2022 can you book yeah. years in advance maybe two years ahead of time or not um i don't think they're quite open for 2023 yet but yeah. it won't be long and yeah. tourism in general is opening earlier than they've ever done just yeah. because there's this pent-up demand and people just want to plan these holidays of a lifetime for for further out yeah definitely so can you give us an example of how much it would be for say a family two adults two children to go to Lapland yeah um, not for this year obviously because no, nothing available I would but <laughs> say you would struggle to get any change out of four thousand pounds wow, and that's three, for what three or four days. nights three yeah. days yeah yeah three days. 
yeah there, right. there are companies where it's slightly cheaper but you have to be really careful what the experience is and some of them just give you a taster which is literally minutes of an experience and then try and upgrade you and you end up paying more because you then are there and then you have to pay for your experiences on top of the holiday right so okay. just just be a little bit careful with with the providers that you go with right okay and um last but not least insurance mm. obviously yeah i know um since i've went to Australia and got stuck uh, I did have a good insurance in place but at the time there was no, no Covid cover we weren't even that was wasn't really on the radar so how are things now can you easily get this cover and yeah. can you easily claim? Yeah it's much better than it was um, yeah. and now more companies offer full Covid cover so our insurance product is actually the same as Jet2 offer their customers um, right. we all know that they have a full Covid cover um, and yes, you can get it and it's reasonable. And yes, I do know a number of people who've had to claim on it, um, you know, because of you know, last minute testing positive yeah, and not being able to go, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. But what we try and encourage is, again, if you've booked a package and you've booked a flexible product, is to, to look at that before insurance. So companies like Jet2 have been really good about saying okay you can change your holiday and we'll let's try and find you something else if you're not able to get on that flight at the last minute right so okay. so that's the first port of call before you go to insurance but we do have to fall back on insurance sometimes yeah definitely so with so people have got to kind of uh, plan for covid testing if needed and they're not vaccinated or certain countries yeah. that still need yeah. it if you are vaccinated and of course insurance and things like that so there's lots of extras isn't there to think about yeah. it's not just these lovely package deals that you see you've got to think that there's added cost on top of that that never yeah. used to be there before yeah oh as always emma it's fascinating <laughs> i love talking to you thank you so much for coming on the show again today really interesting stuff so for our listeners if anyone wants to book a last minute trip um, in the coming weeks or maybe a Christmas trip how can they get in touch with you yes you can get in touch with me uh, via my Facebook page I'm on LinkedIn and I've got my own website which is um, emma.forrester at travelcounselors.com wonderful well thank you so much once again Emma I wish you all the best I'm glad things are really busy for, for you now and I'm sure we'll speak again maybe in the new year that's great thanks Karen You've been listening to my podcast, Appetite for Life, also supported by sponsor, Dane Bank House Dental Practice, where happiness starts with a smile. Would you like to be a guest on this show? Or maybe you're interested in a sponsorship package. For any further information, you can find me across various social media platforms as Karen Kelly Podcasts, or send me an email, karenindakelly at btinternet.com. <laughs>